0: Hi, everybody, and uh, thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, which, by the way, is much more than a daily report. Um, It it really is a knowledge platform from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics, Uh, yes, through the daily reports, but also these podcasts and webinars and we may get into some live events a little later. So, along with um, our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, also a professor at the Fashion Institute of Technology, we welcome you to our conversation on the topic of <clears throat> travel retail. Um, and we have our special guest today, Rula Heloua, Heloua, Heloua. Um, associate partner at Columbus Consulting International, which also is a sponsor of the Robin Report, and she is a real expert in the travel retail experience. Um, By the way, travel retail has been on the rise for the decade leading up to the pandemic, growing from a $43 billion industry back in 2010 to 86.4 billion in 2019, doubling its size. And then, of course, as we all know, the pandemic shut down most travel. And ironically, um, taking back those 10 years of growth in 2020, travel retail was back down to 45 billion. Now, however, cloud has lifted and consumers have started traveling but it's uh, a new day really and a new age for travel retail. So Rula, let's uh, start by describing for our listeners, just what travel retail encompasses, what it is, and then you know, understanding the growth of the total travel uh, retail market.
1: Thank you, uh, Robin, for having me on the podcast. Um, so to answer your question, Travel retail really refers to any retailers who cater more specifically to tourists, Mm -hmm. visitors, uh, travelers in general, be it in the leisure business or like a group traveler market. This can be retail outlets at venues such as airports, train stations, metro stations, cruise ships, maybe hotels and casinos and department stores that like cater mostly to travelers. As well as some entertainment venues who really specifically uh, target out-of-town visitors. Got it. Um, in terms of the growth of the travel retail market, there's significant amount of research and you know several events and forums um, that are out there that are projecting the market size at this moment. You know, especially post-pandemic. So. You know, to give you just some idea of some stats, the global travel retail market sizes you said was valued at fifty five point seven four billion in twenty twenty two, and it's projected to end twenty twenty three at sixty point seventy two billion. So the view of some of the key research consulting firms such as like Fortune Business Insight, Straits Research, Ayata, the Kearney mm-hmm. Report, and several others. Is that the market's expected to grow from that 60.72 billion in 2023 to an estimated value between a low um, of 117.18 billion and a high of 176.27 billion by 2030. Wow. So
0: yeah.
1: it's it's incredible. Um, you know, that of course is dependent on which one of these consulting firms you listen to. Um, So depending on that projection, there's a big spread there. But really, the spread is really anywhere from a 9.85% to a 16.45% compounded annual growth rate. Tremendous.
2: Wow, that growth rate is crazy. Unbelievable. Um, I want to go back to something Robin said about the pandemic just for a second, because I think, future strategies that retailers employ will be impacted by resources. And I'm really referring to human capital. Mm. So during that drop of like 48% in revenue for travel retail, companies doing business in that space had no choice but to cut the workforce pretty significantly. So if you look at, as an example, Dufresne, one of the largest, I think it sits around number four in travel retail, had to reduce its staff by 50%. Now, as the business is now ramping up, and one of the challenges is getting the right talent to support the travel retail industry, which is a changing dynamic in terms of consumers and retailer operations. So just starting from an operating perspective, what are some of those challenges for retailers, Rula? Yeah, I
1: think, Shelley, you make a great point. I mean, you know, during the pandemic, you were, you know... Damned if you did reduce your workforce, and you were damned if you didn't. So, regardless, um, you you know you just didn't know which side of that you had to be on. But as you said, getting that right people, getting the getting people in general, and then getting the right people in the door who are looking to build a career, but who are also very customer centric, is probably one of their biggest challenges right now. Add to that, you know, the challenges of every retailer, not just travel retail, they're really not too dissimilar. But for travel retail, you know, you've got traffic. So foot traffic in general everywhere has declined, you know, due to many factors. And so you've got passenger traffic in the case of travel retail, it hasn't recovered to 2019 levels. And in some markets, you know, such as North America, it's surpassed 2019, but in other markets, it's not expected to come back till 2024 or 2025, wow. depending on which of those you look at. Mm-hmm. And then of course, add to that business travel, right? It's changed drastically post-pandemic, and you've got video conferencing capabilities in place. And therefore, that business traveler is just not expected to come back anytime soon at the level they used to travel before. Yeah. You know, you've got customer needs that have changed drastically. You know, they're just not looking to travel to a destination and get the same product as what they used to get in their home country. What's the point? So they're looking for that uniqueness and experiences. Um, You have airfare and hotel rates that have skyrocketed just to keep up with interest rates and labor rate hikes, as well as just higher overhead costs. So that travel for an average couple or a family is just much less affordable than ever before. And then, you know, I would say the last, you know, few are higher base rents and minimum annual guarantee rents that landlords are expecting. You know, they've just impacted how a travel retailer really operates. They now have to decide, does it make sense for me to stay at this location? Can I afford it? And that flexibility around rents from the landlords has just lagged significantly behind, you know, that passenger traffic recovery. You've got also the dynamic sort of an AI driven technology that's coming about, as well as just passenger data transparency. And that's going to be a challenge for travel retailers because they need to project accurately and they need to be able to pivot quickly. And, you know, that has never really been more important than now. And if I have to add another layer, lastly, really, the ongoing geopolitical issues across the globe, they've just impacted everybody's sense of security, right? So the vast majority of travelers are questioning, why, why travel? If I have that, you know, some retail offerings near my home and close by, and, you know, is there a value proposition in traveling? I'd rather stay close to home. You know, I don't want to be stuck somewhere where I can't come back home, be it because of pandemic, be it because of war, be it for something else. So a lot of different things going on.
2: Well, I think those are all great points. And let's talk for a second about the changes in the consumer and their buying behavior. I mean, if you look at travel retail, consumers, customers who are shopping in these retail environments, they do it to either shop duty-free or to gain access to brands that they otherwise can't get in their home areas. But here's the thing that's really important to understand and consider. This consumer that shopped travel retail back in 2019 and before, it is not the same consumer shopping today. So what it means, it's time for retailers to rethink travel retail in a major way.
1: Absolutely. I think, Shelly, you know, you're spot on. You know, and to get to that growth, and they really need to appeal to a new and discerning customer. They're not the same. They don't, you know, it's not the same generation. It's they don't have the same likes. Um, So there are a lot of differences. um, And, you know, be it that the pandemic has pushed some of those, or it's just really the growth that's happening faster than expected. But in order for retailers to really get to that growth and appeal to those customers, while boosting conversion and spend and protecting their margins and remaining profitable, you know, they've got to do a lot. They have to reinvent their offerings. You know, they have to optimize their operating models, invest in people, as we said earlier, and definitely in technology and data, and just revisit the way they look at things long-term. Their whole long-term strategy needs to, you know, get a really good look And whatever they did do as a five-year strategic plan a few years back, that's out the window. They need to rethink and think (laughs) differently, you know. But, I mean, I I did touch on some of those key challenges earlier. But, of course, you know, one that really warrants some time is that rise of AI. It's upending how retailers forecast, how they operate, you know, how they remain relevant and profitable and still juggle all these other variables and challenges, you know, and stay really true to themselves and remain healthy as a company, be able to operate, you know, as, as I said earlier, a little bit about the passenger traffic, you know, they're not, it's not expected to return in most markets till 2024. And maybe in some cases, 2025. But what's interesting is, you know, while the average spend per passenger exceeded traffic in 2018 and 2019, what we're seeing now is that that average transaction value is ahead of 2019 levels, but the average spend per passenger and the conversion are still below 2019 levels. So what that really means is that consumers are buying higher priced items But they're spending less on an overall per passenger basis. So that begs the question: Is price the main motivator for all these consumers to buy?
0: (laughs) Oh boy, yeah! What a point you're making here. Um, Well, you carry this whole pricing issue over into the mainstream retail, and and it's you know as as I have said over and over again for several years. It's like a, a race to the bottom. I mean, it's it's it gets ridiculous, but, you know. And I'm always in the mindset, by the way, that retailers uh, cannot build sustainable strategies based on price. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> that should be a no-brainer. And, you know, <laughs> it often, should often, be yeah, absolutely. I've often said that common sense is the definition of brilliance. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the key, I think, for all brands. In this kind of omni-channel, omnipresent environment, is uh, to offer a unique value proposition uh, that can't be easily copied and and offered by its competitors, and that of course is a no-brainer too. So, when we add in the travel component of retail, the whole experience of travel has changed, as you know. You guys have been pointing out uh, since the pandemic, of course. Less flights, right? More cancellations, right. fewer choices, and as you uh, rule, as you threw in the uh, geopolitical issues, the wars, and everything going on, um, now that's going to do other things to uh, that part of traveling. Anyway, well, I also
2: think, I I also think that everything you just described, Robin, plays into the psyche of that consumer and their shopping behavior. So, yeah. Rula, I'm going to ask you. You know what what key changes have travel retailers seen in this customer behavior, shopping habits, demographics, post pandemic?
1: So you know again the the you know, is it really due to the pandemic? Is it really due to just the market being faster, growing faster than we expected and changing faster than we expected? It's hard to say. But, you know, the travel retail habits of social media influencers and Gen Z, you know, have certainly changed the way your average consumer travels. I mean, now you've got people who are going out there, you know, looking for experiential offerings that you can't get somewhere else. Versus just a transactional offering, you know, similar to what Robin, you know, is saying that value proposition cannot be just based on a price. You you know, you shop around now, you've got lots of opportunities to shop around online and find that good price. But you want to really find that different experience, that unique experience. And you've got all these social media influencers who are going out there traveling, doing these unique experiences, and then sharing it out there to their influencer their peers, influencer followers, and people want to do what other people do. So everybody wants to copy, like I want that experience. So you know, if you look at some statistics, only 30% of Gen Zs are really saying that price is the reason they buy compared to 42% of boomers, which mm. is quite a big you know um variance between the two that's 12 percentage points right there and you've got 40% of gen z saying that the shopping experience is the main driver to buy and only 14% of boomers buy because of that shopping experience i well, mean mm-hmm. that yeah. huge gap there Yeah. so you know the, one of the statistics out there is that gen z is expected to represent more than 50% of passengers by 2025. So it's really important for travel retailers to really wake up and start to think differently and think of ways to cater to these guys sooner rather than later, because they have just tons of options. You know, they don't have to purchase where they travel. So, you know, it's really important to think about all these things. And of course, sustainability is a big topic at the moment, right? sustainability in products and experiences, it's affecting all generations. They all look at it in a different way. They all care about it to a different level, but everyone's talking about it. How do we preserve our planet? So, you know, they're looking for those curated offerings that reduce the carbon footprint, you know, while still giving the travelers a unique and personalized experience. So travel retailers have to think of how do we give them that experience? How do we give back? In not a way that's either cash or just you know yeah. showcasing a product that was sustainably curated. How else do we give back?
0: Well, you know this whole Gen Z <laughs> phenomenon, culture really, is like a tidal wave over all industries, and absolutely and that on top of the pandemic. I mean the major changes of all types many of them you've been talking about it's really uh, uh, got to be a huge challenge for retailers across the board and i don't care what industry to be able to understand where the arc is where is the growth worth and what of these gen zers want that uh we have you know travel retail of the past was very much kind of a cookie cutter approach right mm-hmm. and, Nominated yep. by a few big companies, you know, like how the legacy uh, brick and mortar brands once owned the retail market. I mean, I think back in the '80s, the department stores—probably the '70s—the department stores had the major share of uh, general merchandise, um, and that percentage uh, of of their share has gone down remarkably. So. I don't know if 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 the, if the travel retail, retail travel retail is going to follow that path or not. One thing, however, we do know that the one size fits all approach doesn't attract. You know, it doesn't um, work anymore. I mean, customers right. want individualized offerings, right? And and attractive experiences. And of course, those experiences can be anything from from uh you know, hand touching items in the garments or whatever, or just a wonderful experience, uh, in, in the entire travel, uh, uh, saying whether, you know, they're going across country or into Europe for some reason, but anyway, you're you're the expert here. And, and so how are companies, uh, kind of differentiating themselves to, to, to regain customer loyalty, um, personalize their offerings uh, to each customer and how to you know how to boost their spend while at the same time improving margins and the bottom line.
1: <laughs> so yeah, Robin, I mean you, you you said it you know one size does not fit all anymore and you just can't um, offer the same thing over and over and that cookie cutter approach has long gone and it's not coming back. Yeah. You know, and I think the key is that, you know, travel retailers really, you know, have focused more on transactional in the past because most of those customers they've had are quite wealthy, don't need much convincing into buying in some cases. They're coming, they know what they're looking for, they've done some research, and they just want to go for, you know, the product and they're it's a rather easy uh, way to sell them well, that's not the case anymore. And they're now, you know, looking for different ways to be appreciated. So aside from the fact that they're looking for, you know, unique offerings, exclusive offerings, you know, they're looking for different ways to get appreciated. So travel retailers have to come up with ways to provide that instant reward benefit versus, you know, that traditional old-fashioned loyalty program where, you know, you have to buy a lot, you have to accumulate points, mm-hmm. you come back at a later date, you redeem those points. In some cases, some of the travel retailers, you know, they offer like concierge services, um, you know, and they offer sort of lounges and things as such. Those are those are appreciated, but those are also old school ways to really, um, you know, appreciate the customer in some cases. So it's important to give them that sense of, definitely a customer centric approach. You know, having more staff on the floor is not as important as having the right staff who's going to cater to their needs, who's, you know, who's not following them around and looking to make sure they're not stealing something or, you know, eyeing them up and down to see how wealthy they are and how much they can spend. You know, those are all things that have happened. So, you know, it's important to get the right people. It's also very important to look at offering these exclusive pri- private label offerings and, you know, sort of these exclusive events, which will distinguish them from their competition. You know, you've got some of these brands that are represented within, you know, a square mile two or three times, you know, in some cases in a traditional retail, in some cases in a travel retail, you know, format. And why will I buy here than buy over there is going to be important. And it's going to be really based on this experience you're going to give them that's exclusive within your store. So they're being more discerning, you know, I think in their employee selections and Mm -hmm. they're dedicating more resources to Mm -hmm. training and enhancing their skill set of their employees just so that they can cater to the right customer needs. You know, I worked for Ritz Carlton for many years, and it's very true that you've got to get that right level of, you know, employee who cares enough that they treat that customer like it's yeah. their own home and they're welcoming yep. that customer to their own home. So, and I think, you know, definitely a big investment, but a very much needed uh, piece is investing in technology and data to just support that more agile business analytics and that ability to project and model and, you know, be ahead of the game versus constantly be in reaction mode. So those are also sort of some of the key areas that they really need to focus on to continue to differentiate themselves.
0: Yeah, I'd like to jump in here ah. one example, Rula, uh, and I'm really glad you brought it up. In terms of retail, and um, Blake Nordstrom told me that um, you know, and they they of course uh, are the poster child in terms of service I, I'm sure absolutely you, in the industry. Blake uh, Nordstrom told me, made it very simple for me. He said, Robin, he said, uh, <laughs> we can teach anybody the business of retail. We can't teach them how to be just a nice person. Now when you 100% of that, yeah a hundred percent that that's it. I mean, so they do away with all of these different qualifiers in terms of getting a job they you just i think we all know when we meet somebody that's just a nice person, they're full of empathy they're you know whatever, but anyway, I had to throw that in there because
1: absolutely I think empathy, right, having that natural empathy, that yeah. care that desire to help others is absolutely critical.
2: Yeah, Robin. in my early 20s, one of the first things I ever learned was hire for attitude, train for skill.
1: There you go. (laughs) A hundred percent. Can't say it better.
2: (laughs) But um, so these millennials in Gen Z are actually doing more traveling than the plus 50 age group, according to some survey data that I recently read on U.S. travelers. So this is United States and 42 percent of frequent travelers are millennials and nearly 70 percent are male in the U.S. market, which I found really yeah. fascinating. Um, and here's some other in- Here's some fun facts on the target audiences of frequent travelers in the U.S. So frequent travelers typically have a higher annual household income. Rula, you already hinted to that already. Um, Success and career advancement are relatively important to frequent travelers. Here's a good one. 21% of frequent travelers are innovators or early adopters of new products. So that's a oh, key for travel retail to understand that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, the two other last stats are a relatively low share of frequent travelers thinks that rising prices, inflation, and cost of living are issues that need to be addressed. It's uh, probably not a good thing on that one. Um, but frequent uh, travelers remember seeing ads that are on editorial websites or apps more often than the average consumer. So that's a little marketing Mm. tip out there about frequent travelers. So, you know, based on this younger demographic and growing use of technology among these frequent travelers, how are traveler retailers leveraging technology to provide a seamless experience or interactive customer shopping experience? How are they using it to improve their service offering? And boosting, as you said earlier, they got to boost spend and conversion. How's that happening, and how is technology playing a role? No,
1: absolutely, Shelly. And um to address one of the one of the things that you actually said, just a little bit off topic before I answer your question is that twenty one percent of frequent travelers being innovators or early adopters, you know it's it's really that sense of curiosity, right? It's yeah. they have that tremendous sense of curiosity that they want to explore, they want to experience, and they want that to be a relatively easy experience. They don't want to, you know, deal with, you know, lines and waiting, and they don't want to take away from the experience. So, you know, kind of taking that a little bit and looking at how we traveler retailers, you know, leveraging technology, it speaks to it, right? Like touch touchless payments touchless payment solutions, self checkouts, you know, buy now pay later, all that is an ease of an experience. It's way to make it easier for those travelers. And while, you know, it's more logistical than really giving them something unique or anything, that that's perfect for these new generations because all they really want to do is get in there, get out, do what they need, move on to the next thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Their their sense of and desire to stay in one place to do one thing is slim compared to, you know, older generations. You know, and travel retailers are looking at those solutions they are looking at the Amazon Go solution, you know, where you go in a store, you know, your credit card's already on file, you grab whatever you want, you walk out, it charges you, you don't really have to do much, you don't have to talk to anybody, you don't have to do anything if you don't choose to. You know, and then they're doing things such as like digital shopping partnerships with airlines, you know, and that's more specific to duty-free offerings, but they're still looking at ways to put themselves with partnering with other sort of type of, you know, service offerings. And, you know, especially important is thinking about localizing their offering. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not about anymore a brand taking whatever they sell you know, in one place and distributing it everywhere else and not having some element of localization. That element of localization is key. You know, it's important for me when I'm traveling to feel like I'm getting, you know, a little souvenir, a little something beyond just a knickknack that reminds me of this experience I had. So those are some of the technology and some of the things that they're looking to
2: do.
0: Well, you know, really, yeah, you know, we really touched uh, upon a lot of the challenges um, and opportunities uh, for, uh, for you know, for retail travel. Um, so kind of from a macro level, what, what do you think, uh, you know, the future of travel retail looks like and uh, what are the top challenges it will face to get there? Some of them you probably already covered, but also in addition to what we have discussed in terms of well, labor costs and uh, geopolitical issues. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that that crystal ball, right? That crystal yeah. ball of, I think, you know, aside from all the things that we already mentioned, um, you know, and aside from them needing to pivot fast enough to get ahead of all these challenges, you know, that are coming down the pipeline and any changes coming down the pipeline, you know, I think... Probably a very key area that will be getting, you know, that will be needing to happen is all of these partnerships across, you know, a customer's journey, let's call it. Mm -hmm. Getting some holistic partnership between all those stakeholders who are really trying to attract the customers, you know is going to be key, sharing data across that, like, for example, passenger traffic flow, passenger spending habits, what brands they like, what brands they don't like, how much is their average spend, you know, sharing that data, while a lot of the Mm. companies, you know, find that that this is, you know, personal data, I'm not going to share this this is confidential, it's going to help, you know, provide a betterment to the whole industry. You know, I think every everybody will benefit instead of just a specific stakeholder's profitability benefiting mm-hmm. and over time you'll find that maybe one stakeholder is ahead of the other but everyone is going to get faced with these challenges so if they can unite and find a way to collaborate it's going to improve everybody's top line as well as everybody's yep. bottom
0: line you know yeah yeah and i i remember way back in the early 80s when i was at the vf corporation um, we were given a presentation by a consulting firm. Uh, I don't think it was Columbus at the time. Anyway, but I will never forget the one comment made by this um, consultant. He said, in the future, uh, we will not be competing in price. We will not be competing on uh necessarily on style on product he said we will be competing on information yep so (laughs)
1: yeah
0: and that was what 50 40 years ago anyway but um so the of course the one dynamic which is still mind-boggling because it still hasn't settled out in my mind um that has really kind of reshaped the, the whole strategic and structural elements across all consumer-facing industries, you know, has been the pandemic and its after effects. Absolutely. Essentially, uh, I believe it resulted in changes um, in consumer behavior, certainly, uh, including the fundamental cultural shifts of the Gen Zs So, anyway, Rula, you've given us a lot of wisdom today, and I I am sure our audience learned a lot. I certainly did, and I'm sure Shelly did as well. So, um, you were terrific, and thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you both. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, I learned a lot from you guys as well. So, thanks a lot. Well,
2: thank you so much. By the way, how can people find you if they want to reach out to you? What's the best way to? get in contact
1: with um, you? Probably on the Columbus Consulting website, but uh, they fits, you know, great. my email uh, would be my first initial and my last name at Consulting.com. So if they reach out there, they should be able to, um, you know, connect with me.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you so much. It was great having you with us today. And for our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Bo Sprout, and therobinreport.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media, link in with us for the latest thoughts about the industry.
0: Yes, Shelley. And I just want to add a final thank you uh, note. And uh, as I do every week, you know, if any of you out there have, have, you know, has a topic that you would like Shelley and I to cover on these podcasts, uh, just shoot me an email. It's robin at RobinReport.com. And thanks so much again thank you rula